Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Hey, well, Psalms chapter 23 in verse 4. We want, if you have your Bibles, it's kind of the middle. So the, the, the beginning statement here is kind of the middle of the psalm. There are six verses. So the beginning statement, this is kind of the, the whole theme of the psalm. And we would like to use this verse of Scripture I'm about to read, and we would like to teach on the thought that God comforts me. God comforts me. The psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Someone said, For years I was against organ transplants. And the person said, Well, what happened? He said, Well, I had a change of heart. Well, we've all gone through things where we need comfort. And I'd say that life is a, is a road that, that has a lot of twists and turns in it. And as you walk through life, you realize that we get into some uncomfortable situations. And as David knew being a shepherd and here in the psalm, speaking as one of God's sheep, as the sheep of the great shepherd, he talks about... The end result first of God's comfort. That's what we want. That's the beginning of the psalm in the verse here. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. So during the summer months, the, the shepherd, a real shepherd who had real sheep, he would take his flock away from the range, away from the house, away from the, the farm. And because uh, of the nice weather, uh, they would spread out into the hill country and they would remain there. They would begin to, as they went, they would eat. You know, sheep don't move real fast. And he would take them up to the hills where all of this pasture was and they would go up there and eat for months until the fall came and then they would kind of start coming back where they would have the herd or the flock back to the ranch by winter. So this is what it's speaking about. Say, well, what are you talking about the, um, the valley then? Well, during this journey, it's interesting, it would just be the sheep and the shepherd. It's like going on that family road trip, right? There's no other distractions. It's just your family all packed in there together. It's the, the sheep walking alone with their shepherd. And if you've ever gone through a rough time, you know, as a Christian... If you've ever gone through a rough time without, without Jesus, I, you know, I, I, I can't speak for that. Uh, uh, it's been so many years since, uh, since uh, I gave my life to Jesus, but it's incredible if you don't have a shepherd. But uh, the Bible even said when Jesus was going to be crucified, he said, smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. I, but you know that the Bible said that, that there was a shepherd here that was going to be with the sheep. So how would the sheep get to those high hills? Would it be an elevator? Humanitarian airlift? 
Escalator? Maybe if they were rich, an Escalade, right? An Escalator, a big Cadillac SUV. No, of course not. The sheep would have to walk there. Well, how would you walk there? Well, they were the, the gentlest way to get the sheep there was to take them and through the valley. And the valley was a gentle way to get the sheep up to the mountain. It's also geographically between two high places, you're going to have valleys. Passing through the valley, the Bible says, Yea, though I walk through. Now, the Bible doesn't say we're supposed to stay there. Have you ever been in something uncomfortable? It's like the enemy of your soul would like to hold you there, even when you're past it. Like my daughter was at the dentist, and she's like, It hurts! It hurts! And the dentist was saying, she was having a tooth pulled. The dentist said, I'm not doing anything. It was all in my daughter's mind. She's like, it hurts! It's going to be bloody murder, okay? And, but that's what the devil, and look, I know PTSD is real, and I, that's what it is. Actually, PTSD is when you feel the pain and the panic, and the trauma's over, but you still feel it just like it's happening. So here's my advice. If you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, someone said if you're going through H-E double hockey sticks, right? If you're going through it, keep going. The Bible doesn't say that the valley was a place where they stopped. It was simply passing through to get to those fields where there was lush pasture in the summertime. Jesus said, and it says in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, he said, in part, he said, and lo, behold, I am with you. Always, even unto the end of the world. So the shepherd is with us in the valley. Brethren, that's something that you need to realize when you're going through something. And as a Christian, you're going to face things. But we need to realize, first, the shepherd's with us. And second of all, yes, it hurts. Yes, it's, it's you know, there are things we're going to pass through. But you're passing through. We all have passports in my family, and that's exactly what you're supposed to, when you go to a different country, you present your passport, you go to passport control, immigration, but you don't stay there. You pass through. And Jesus really is our passport. He's our passport to heaven, but he's also our passport through crazy situations that we face in our life. We're passing through. And we're also passing through this life. He said it's the valley of the shadow of death. Some people think that death is the end, but death is not the end. Death is a pass through. Now, if you're not a Christian, death is a place where you pass through to a place without God. I remember in our former church location, there was a car accident at the uh, intersection. be Confederate Point Road in Blanding, and the car got T-boned and uh, turned right into a stake, right? No, it got T-boned, it got hit in the side. And uh, this one guy that got out of the car, he said, all I could see was flames. And I don't remember the cars being on fire, but it was as if he was having this eternal vision. He didn't, I don't think he was a man who uh, claimed to be a Christian, okay? But with Jesus Christ, it's not flames. With Jesus Christ, he said, in my father's house, he said, there are many there's a plethora, right? There's a, there's, there are many mansions. 
And it's not in Florida because he said there would be many trailers, right? But he said many mansions. If it were not so, and there's no banjos, right? But no, just kidding. I love Florida. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he said, I go to prepare a place for you. So why would Jesus say that? Death is a pass-through. And, and as, as you're young, you might not think about that. But when you start to face some things in life, say, oh, the worst thing that can happen is death. No, the worst thing that can happen is death without Jesus Christ. Because death with Jesus Christ is a pass through to Jesus. And the Bible says that when asked, Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the way to heaven. He said, I'm the truth and the life. And he said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. The Apostle Paul said this. He said in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, he said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if we're gone here, we're just passing through to fellowship with Jesus. You know, before your body hits the ground uh, and your, your heart stopped, as soon as your soul departs, you're present with the Lord. Brethren, that is the best news someone could ever tell you. I mean, that is a pass through because God is with us. God is with us. Well, also, valleys have things we need. The sheep needed the valley. Say, preacher, why? Well, there was water. Sheep need a lot of water. They didn't have like little canteens that they carried with the sheep, right? Like, okay, everyone, drink. No, they didn't do that. They just had to find sources of water as they went. And the valleys would have that cool, refreshing stream. That's where water goes, right? To the lowest part. That's why when we had uh, something burst, it was a piece of PVC that went into the wall from our toilet under pressure. Boom! And it was on the second floor of our place. So where'd all the water go? To the valley, the first floor. So it was wonderful taking all the popcorn and pieces of the ceiling with it. Well, water goes to the low places. So say, preacher, but I don't like the, I don't want that kind of refreshment. You know, there is refreshment from God's presence in the valleys of our life. You know, when you're going through something, it's just you and Jesus. You say, oh, preacher, I never want to do that. But let me tell you, that is where you can get the comfort that you can comfort someone else with. I think my wife sings a song that said, if I never had a problem, I would never know that God could solve it, right? And when we have comfort in our hearts, the Bible says this, and you hear this a lot at funerals, this portion of scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter or second corinthians chapter one and verse four who comforteth us in all our tribulation when we're going through our valleys that we may be able to comfort them huh so if we're comforted in our tribulation in our valley say preacher does god really comfort you let me tell you this year yes how do you know just uh, if you got some time i can talk to you that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. How, preacher? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Huh. So basically, 
you have to go through something in order to help people through something. One reason we go through the valley is we find that refreshment that Jesus gives us. And sometimes you just get to that point, well, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. And, uh, you know, someone even texted me today about something and they're like, is this okay? You know, we live in times of inflation and everything. And I said, hey, I said, sounds good. Let's do that or whatever, you know. And uh, I'm, I'm telling my wife like, whoa, praise God. But you know what? Uh, God has never failed us yet. God has been faithful. And you know how I know that? Because I've been serving God a few years. And let me tell you, every time something comes up, and let me tell you, it doesn't get easier. I'm going to tell you this. It gets harder. Bills get bigger. But you know what? God is faithful. God is faithful. We're teaching on, hello, sister, God comforts us. Psalms 23 and verse 4. You know, if God's ever brought you through something, you have a platform to talk to someone about. If God has ever brought you through something and you're able to look back on the valley and say, whew, Man, I've been safely guided through by the shepherd. You know, that is a wonderful thing to share. But you can't share that if you've never been through the valley. Now, I don't want any valleys. Uh, there's a song, I think, uh, I just recently heard it by it's Casting Crowns. And it's a preacher, but they're more modern. I know, but there's a good song. It was called The Desert Road. And he said, I don't want to write this song. You know, I don't want to feel this pain. I don't want this desert road. But... He realized if it's the path that you chose for me, that's what I want to do. That's where I want to go. Why? God has a reason for the path that he leads us on. And, you know, if we've gone through the desert road, if you go through a desert road and someone else is like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I lost my job or I lost my, my loved one. How am I going to do it? And you've been through a desert road, brethren, you've got something to share. There's a balm in Gilead. You can share something about the goodness of God in a reality. You're your own guidepost illustration. You know, you're your own illustration because God's brought you through the valley. There's refreshment in the valley. And you know, the valley is where we prove God. You know, God says in Malachi, prove me. He said, see if I'm real. And, and in that case, it was talking about trusting him by paying our tithes, our, the 10% of our increase. He said, prove me. See if I won't open the windows of heaven. But you know that I believe it's not just in our giving. God wants us to prove him with our worries, with our cares, with the things that we face in life, with our situations. And uh, I don't know if it's, it's for me, it's been like I pray for something to go away. And this is so funny. Um, I, I discovered this verse in a reality this year. It was it's Ephesians chapter five and verse 20. It says, Giving thanks always for all things. And it seems like I pray for one thing to go away. And it's like, it doesn't go away. And something else gang piles on top of it. And then I pray for a greater deliverance. And it seems, doesn't it seem that way? And another thing just piles on top of it. And then it's just like, wait, God, it's backwards. It's like going backwards, right? I'm not praying for more. I'm not praying for patience. Do not, if someone, if one of you is praying for patience for me, stop. I've got all the patience I want. But after a while, you just start to realize, and you know, and the, the things that you thought were big, because I used to think that like the one thing was big and I'd think about it and looking up on the internet to try to solve it. And now I don't even really think about it. 
my check engine light comes on, I've got a scanner. I, I take that check engine light off when I'm driving. I mean, I just don't even care about it anymore. It's like, can you do it when you're driving? Like, yeah, give it at the stoplight. We plug it in, boop, it's gone. It didn't fix it, but it doesn't bother me anymore. I've got other things to worry about if I wanted to. But you know what? I don't have to sit there and worry about it. I can just say there. So you're, I'm not being Pollyanna. I'm not denying that these are challenges, but I'm saying, God, I just can't fix them all. But I can be thankful. But you know what thankful is? When you're thankful, it's an act of faith that God's going to work it out. God, I trust you that you're going to work it out. And if you can be thankful in the difficult times, and there's a lot of difficult times you face in life, it's easy to be thankful in the good times. But if I can be thankful in the difficult times, then I can have a joyful life every day of the week. In everything, give thanks. In First Thessalonians, but giving thanks always for all things. There's a promise. Jesus said, he said, in the world you shall have tribulation. He said, hey, but be a good cheer. He said, you're going to face valleys. He said, I've overcome the world. And uh, there's times where I've just said, God, you're going to have to do something. We're over our head here. And you know what? God has been faithful. God has been faithful. And you know what? I don't believe he'll change. God has been faithful. Just had my daughter. She, she had a baby tooth pulled out. And then she goes, Daddy, I chipped the other tooth on the other side. I'm like, oh, great. Another tooth. <laughs> it seems like one thing happens and it's just like something else just jumps on. So what are you going to do? Giving thanks always for all things. It is a wonderful way to live, to trust the shepherd in the valley. He's with us. He's with us. Well, it's not a question of whether there will be valleys. It's a question of how are going, we going to react to the valley. Valleys are here. They're going to they're gonna get all of us. How am I going to react in the valley? Am I going to just praise God? Silas and Paul, they were used to praising God. When they wound up in prison, you know what they did? They just praised God. They were just used to it. They're like, well, the brethren are probably having church somewhere. Why don't we just join in? So they live streamed them, right? No, they live streamed from heaven though, because that's really what you're doing in a valley. It's just live streaming from heaven. You're like, wow, they're worshiping up there. I can worship too. I don't have to let the valley change my reality because my shepherd is right there. You know, that it was told to Abraham, he said, uh, God said, I'm going to bless you, and then you're going to be a blessing. But you see, Abraham had to trust God for a lot of things. He's the father of faith, but he trusted God in order to bless us and bless others through us by showing that God can be with us in the valley. Also, there's victory in the valley. You know that you can really gain a victory in the valley that you go through? Do you remember when David went to fight Goliath? You know where the battle took place? It took place in a, a valley. So, well, that's not a very good illustration. Where did David get his five smooth stones from? Oh, he got them up from Saul. No, he didn't get them from Saul. He got them out of the brook. Well, where was the brook? If you've ever seen a valley, where does the water run? At the base of the valley. David wasn't going to get his bullets, if you please, until he went down to face Goliath. You know, a lot of times in our valley, that's where the victory is. It seems counterintuitive, but David had all that he needed 
once he got down to the valley. And I believe that there's a lot of things that God will uh, give us. He'll give us the tools we need in the valley when we walk with our shepherd. And the shepherd's got some tools. So there's two tools. David got the stones in the valley. Uh, Goliath lost his head in the valley. (laughs) But the two tools that God uses to provide us comfort are the next two parts of this verse of Scripture. So a modern shepherd would have a rifle, right? Or an AR-15, you know, some type of firearm and a staff. In David's time, a shepherd would have a rod and a staff. The Bible said thy rod. So the rod of God's comfort, the rod was for protection, but it was also for correction and it was for inspection. It was a weapon. And it uh, could have, the modern uh, shepherds, even in like the Middle East and stuff, they have, uh, well, in places in Africa, it's kind of uh, got like a knob on the end of it and you can actually hurl it. It's like a... uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a missile weapon where they can hurl it at an enemy like a predator, like a coyote or a lion. And uh, the rod of God is symbolic of God's power. God said in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened. So your power stops at the end of your hand, right? Unless you have a gun, then you can reach out and touch someone. Well, the rod was to extend the shepherd's right hand, extend their power, okay? And how do we extend our power? I mean, I believe that God gives us an extension. It's symbolic of God's authoritative word. So when Jesus went out into the wilderness, what did he say to the devil? He said... It is written. You know, if you're a kid and one kid breaks the rules, the other kid knows that mom or dad says not to do that, they'll say, mom said, you know, and they'll say the rule that they broke. And if you don't stop that, I'm going to tell mom. So those words, don't tell, please, don't tell mom, don't tell mom why. Because you know the word of mom or dad has power, right? Well, God's word has power. That's why the Bible says to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's like a weapon. He said it'll extend you your power. And uh, the rod was for the protection of the sheep. It was what God, was what the shepherd used to take away the predators. But brethren, we need to be armed with the Word of God. We need God's rod. What did he tell Moses? He didn't say lift up your staff. He said lift up your Rod, And if you read when they went into Pharaoh, it's interesting because it starts with Aaron. It said, take the rod, take the rod, take the rod. And God would remind them several times in Exodus, don't forget your authority. Because you're not going in your own strength. You're going in my strength. And eventually Aaron stopped being the spokesman. There was a subtle shift and it wound up with Moses, who was too chicken to go because he thought he couldn't talk, right? So God said, well, just go with Aaron and he'll be your spokesperson, right? Then Aaron lost out. And then Moses wound up with the rod. So it's neat if you read that subtle shift through the plagues. But he said, but lift up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. So there's power in the rod and there's spiritual power in the word of God. Uh, 
I remember this one brother, he said, his wife said, you know, I've got cancer. And he said, no, you don't have cancer. You don't have cancer. And this was years and years ago. And I, I keep looking and I still see him at conference. So I don't know what she went through or whatever, but so you can't do that. Look, I know God's word still heals. I mean, I, I, there's power in God's word. There's power in the word of God. Doesn't it say by his stripes? And penicillin, we're healed. No, it says by his stripes, we're healed, right? We can claim the power of God. So however that worked out, I still see him at conference all the time. So God is faithful. The rod is also not only for protection of the sheep, and we need the word of God. The rod, symbolic of the word of God, is also for the correction of the sheep. And if a sheep gets out of line, the, uh, the shepherd will use that same rod to correct the sheep. But God would never do that. What did Paul say? He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 20, For the kingdom of God's not in word, but in power. And then he said, What will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod? That's what Paul said. He said, Or in love and in the spirit of meekness. He said, Should I come and correct you? Have you ever been, you know, in a service where things got hot and the pastor shared some stuff and someone said was that the pastor could share stuff with he could get a message through inspiration, perspiration, or information. Paul got his through at least the house of Chloe, gave him some information to the Corinthians, right? How people were divided. So Paul was sharing some stuff. And, uh, you know, thank God for all the correction of the shepherd. You know, if God gets on us with his word, let's look at it as like, man, God's trying to get me from going out of the way. God's trying to get me right back in. So... The rod is also used for inspection. Protection, correction, inspection. So when the sheep would go into the corral, they would pass under the rod. You can read about that in Ezekiel. But he would, he would count his sheep, not to go to sleep, but he would just count his sheep. And also, when I was in boot camp in the military, we'd have to stand. We would also count off, just like sheep. We would go, one, two, three, four, like little kids, right? And we'd count off for the drill instructor, who is the shepherd. Did you have to do that in the army too? No? And we would have these hygiene inspections where we'd be in our undies, and we'd stand at the position of our attention with our, I think, in our shower shoes. Uh, and uh, we'd have our, they'd inspect us for blisters. They'd inspect our hands. And, uh, and they, they'd inspect everything, okay? It was, but it was so that make sure that the the body wasn't beat up or wounded or bleeding and uh the shepherd would do that with his sheep he would take that rod and he would you can't tell because of all that wool so he would use the rod and he'd poke down in the sheep and then he'd run his hands to see if the sheep was wounded or or if it had uh you know gotten into some thistles or thorns and so uh you know we can't pull the wool over god's eyes god wants to inspect us. David said, search me, O God, just like a shepherd would. And he said, know my, not my will, but my heart. And he said, try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So the rod was also for inspection. The last thing, the staff, the staff is for reassurance of God's comfort. It said, and thy staff, they come for me. So the shepherd had a rod and a staff. The staff was used for only the benefit 
of the sheep. For care, for concern, for compassion. The staff was symbolic. It can be symbolic of different things. The staff was symbolic of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. That's what the staff speaks to us of. And one thing the shepherd would do is uh, if a newborn lamb would be separated from its mother, he would gently, now a staff was this long slender stick with a crook or a hook, not a burglar, right? But it, it had a hook in the end of the stick. In the stick. And he would take this, this long stick if the lamb and its mother became separated and he would gently pick the lamb up and he would reunite it with its mother. So why would he use the staff? Well, if you know something about animals, if the scent of a human, if a foreign scent gets on a, a baby, the mother can reject its own offspring. That's pretty serious because they need the mother to in those initial months. And that speaks to the gentleness of the Holy Ghost. Brethren, relationships... Family relationships, they can get pretty uh, tender and different things. The Holy Ghost restores families. And you know, it's a very gentle way that the Holy Ghost does it. It's not in, this is all for concern and compassion, but the Holy Ghost is a family reuniter. The Bible says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3. In Psalms 133 in verse 1, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. In verse 2, it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garments. The ointment was olive oil. They used to anoint the priest with oil. It was symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us together. And without it, relationships don't work. We need the Holy Ghost. We need some grease. We need some grease of grace. We need some grease of forgiveness. If you don't have oil in the engine of your car, that lubricant, it will not run for long. It'll probably make some funny noises and then you'll be on the side of the road in the Chrysler parking spots. Pre-approved, no offense, brother, but pre-approved Chrysler parking spots, Pontiac parking spots on the freeway. So you need oil, the Holy Ghost oil in our lives. It's also just two more things. The staff is used for guiding sheep. So... A shepherd, if the sheep was kind of wandering out of the way, gently, the shepherd would press the side of that, that crook against the sheep and put pressure on it and gently kind of guide it back to the right path. You know, that's exactly what God will do with us. If you ever feel that pressure of the Holy Ghost, he's kind of gently pressing you over here or gently pressing you over there. That's what the staff of God will do. He'll gently press us to the right place. Just like Paul was forbidden to preach in Asia, but then he had a dream that God began to guide him into Macedonia. God will guide our lives with that gentle staff. Two more things. Fellowship. Sometimes, and this is probably, well, maybe just end here. A shepherd will actually hold his staff against the side of a sheep. Like one of his favorites, you know, his, one of his uh, pets or his favorites. And he'll hold his staff against the sheep 
and just walk alongside it. So it can, it's kind of like holding hands with a sheep, right? That's what it is. It's just that gentle fellowship where he's just showing that sheep is that you're precious to me. And I think it was today I was walking my daughter to school in the morning and I said, can we hold pinkies? I mean, I still like that. And so my daughter and I were holding pinkies together and I don't know if she thought it was something, but look, the shepherd doesn't have to do that, but the shepherd loves the sheep and the father loves the daughter. And you know that there's a God that wants to hold his Holy Spirit and gently just kind of touch your life saying, hey, I'm here with you. I'm not going to let you go. And we're going to get through this together. And the Spirit of God, the gentle Holy Ghost, he'll lead you through the valley. The Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God comforts. Let God, let God do what only God can do in a valley. Let him comfort you. And you know what? The next time that you see someone go through something, you'll be able to comfort them with the comfort God gave you. Father, I pre- or I've taught your word. I ask that you would make this scripture come alive in our lives. And Lord, give us comfort. But Lord, don't stop there. Help us to be a blessing and comfort someone else with the comfort you gave us and the time that we needed. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you, our prayer.